0: Sofrito Speaks is a podcast curated by Latinos for Latinos.
1: Sazonando all our cultural differences and stirring up calderos with our opinions.
0: Come have a seat at the table and pass chisme with us. Montañez. Hey yo, what it do, it's your boy Ru, and I'm
1: coming for you. <laughs> Welcome to Sofrito Speaks. Our podcast is put together with three different sections. First, we start off the show with El Chisme.
0: And that's when us, your hosts, catch you up on all the latest tea and what had us all week, followed by Caldero Talk.
1: Caldero Talk is the part of the show where we introduce any guests we may have, also dissect and discuss our topic. Then, after all the messiness, we gather our lives and head back to the table for Ma's number one rule:
0: A reposal. That's when we will sit, shout out all our supporters, and wrap up the show before we head back to our lives.
1: Back to our motherfucking lives. We are back on this bitch.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Let's ay, get ay, it.
1: Aaah, we are back with episode two. We first want to start off by saying to everybody, thank you so much oh God, for all yeah. the love last thank week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It was super lit. Y'all checked us out on the Anchor app, episode one. Let's begin. <laughs> uh, we got great feedback from y'all.
0: Oh my God, so humbling. Which it's was super wild. Amazing. We didn't,
1: I don't was. think we really expected all that love.
0: No, not not at all. Like, (laughs) we're texting each other throughout the day like, yo, did you peep this? Yo, did you peep that? We're going back and forth all day since we had it premiere. Right. And And I,
1: I think that's like a really amazing thing like, we connected so many people together, um, so many people reposted us, so many people joined our movement, the Sofrito mm. Speaks movement, That's que lo que, hey. <laughs> eh, uh, but I think it's pretty lit, I think it's pretty lit. We're back though, we're back with episode two, look Let's at us, it. look at us, we didn't run away and get scared, no, okay, this episode is mainly focused around mental health and we titled it, Live, Live La, La Vida, Vida loca. loca, Uh. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really uh, emotional, powerful episode. Mm-hmm. This is really going to be an episode that we're going to touch a topic that a lot of people in the Hispanic community mm-hmm, yeah. don't really talk about, you know, with their families and stuff like that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we're going to start off the show like how we always do. Ya tu Sabe. <laughs> El chiselet. El chiselet. Here we go. <laughs> el <laughs> chisme
0: yo so tell me how
1: <laughs> returning back to this week on episode two we're gonna start off with el chisme like we just finished saying um i think this past week first of all we had an amazing week last week i can say that for both of us uh, we had a lot of trials and tribulations yes posting sure. the episode was a lesson in itself we had uh. a lot of technical difficulties <laughs> <laughs> but we grow and we learn. Um, I think for me, I had a really great week. I started off the week we went to this YouTube event. Shout out to Cesar La Princesa yes. for bringing us out. Shout Heroes. out to New York Ghosts for all the love and the gems that they dropped. Shout out to Local Ninja for showing love. Yo, Everybody wild. there was super lit. The YouTube event was super lit. We drove to New York on Monday morning. Um, we checked into our hotel. We met up with Mel.
0: Oh,
1: hey, Mel, Mel! my college roommate. Yo, I that's got to my see new my bestie. I
0: love her so much. I love her. I love her. Um, I love her. That's
1: Nina's college roommate. Yes. And I'm sure she'll talk a little bit more about that her. on her end. <laughs> but um, yeah, we went to this YouTube event. It was a YouTube Latino happy hour. Um, it was celebrating, well, yeah, Celebrating Cesar La Princesa, which if you don't know, it's at Skittles Music TV on Instagram. And he is the one who started Shit Spanish Girls Say in mm-hmm. terms like, pero like, and he treats me like a princess, princess. and likes my hair, or something like that. <laughs> but he's actually a really good friend of mine, and I love him, and he brought us out. like He did the thing. Uh, we got to meet a lot of cool people, get a lot of cool pictures, yes. uh, network, 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 which is what we wanted to do. Do
0: Which was amazing because like I'm thinking like, Oh yeah, networking before I used to shy away from it and then like we got to this event and I literally was like all right I need it's time to pull up your panties, put on your big girl yeah. pants <laughs> and socialize and be a social butterfly and, you know it did and kinda help I that think- the, the drinks were free.
1: Um, I think for me, what was the most exciting part was, you know, that the fact that I used to live in New York and I couldn't really go to those events because I was so focused on working and being able to go back and go to New York and like turn up and be with Nina. And like I literally turned to her at one moment. I'm like, who would have thought we would end up here in the middle of a YouTube event just fucking chilling? The two
0: of us, yeah. That's crazy. The, way life the works world
1: out. works in mysterious ways, and I trust the universe for bringing us together. And what my favorite part about it all was, and we couldn't stop talking about it the whole night, was bringing Sofrito speaks to New York City without even having an episode out. Right,
0: with- right. Who does that? <laughs>
1: We were literally Yo, we out there like, "Yo, we're starting up. a podcast." So Frito speaks. <laughs> so Frito speaks, and everyone's like, "All right, lit, lit." You. Like, okay, so what? You know, what you guys talking about? And we're like, you know, we're talking about Latin culture, the Hispanic community, things mm. that happened within our own community. And I think we that-
0: just—it was just like how the amount of like, <laughs> I, like I can't even the vindiction, like the, the, the con we, animal, the we, way we, yeah. were, we sold it, was like, this shit is about to be, the best thing since, sliced yeah. bread. Like,
1: I think that was the best part. Like, we were out here, like Oprah was selling the Oprah show. We were mm-hmm. literally like, but, we weren't saying no lies. Like we we were just telling people like what we're really focused on. We knew we we were in a room full of powerful people, yo, and in a room full of people who we sort of looked up to. And you know when we hear their podcasts and stuff like that, and see their media and their content, we're like, yo, that's lit, that's lit. One thing that stuck with me about that event is what Skittle said, and it literally like struck me at my core. And he was like, you know, nobody was gonna put me on television, mm. nobody was gonna put me online, no one was gonna put an, a person like me, in a front fat, of he literally said a fat queer like you know hispanic nigga no one was gonna put him on I had to do the shit for myself and I was yep. like damn like mm-hmm. I was like
0: I think that th- I think when he said that there was like a hum yeah that like came everybody over the in the audience. room was
1: like yo that was like deep. he
0: really said that and yeah. we all felt it like in unison like it was like a wave of emotion that came over everybody and it was really being like damn yo yeah, and then you really yeah. sat and you thought about like yo they really will people, never put somebody exact. like that I, and a lot of people really
1: just think like oh these little youtube you know youtubers they're nothing that like you gotta understand it takes and we're experiencing this now like mm. putting on a full podcast for you guys mm-hmm. it takes a lot of work we're not complaining but it takes a lot of work for you to just be like oh it's nothing they they're just trying to be famous like it's a lot of the work amount that goes of into hours
0: it. yo like the amount of hours I that literally, go into editing. So
1: let's go into a little bit of that. Yeah, like, that's what had me fucked up last week. <laughs> like I was up till two a.m. the day before um, the show premiered. I was super tired, but I needed to be up because I need. Like I'm a control freak. I needed to be perfect. I didn't want Nina to yell at me, not that she she yells at me on the regular, (laughs) but I just, I just, everything that can possibly go wrong went through my head, Mm -hmm. and you know, that's something that I'm working on myself, being less stressed about certain things, Um, especially working with the Anchor app, you know, it's my first time ever doing a podcast, it's my first time ever learning any of this, so I kept doing my research, and research, and research, and we got to the best that we can, and and I ain't
0: shit, because I literally just sat there, and I was like, let me know when you figure it out. (laughs)
1: But hey, it's Your cool. Shit. Like I enjoy it. I'm not complaining about it. I completely enjoy it as long as we're just delivering great content and coming out for you guys and we're getting love back, then I'm good. Um
0: Nobody like tells you like how much time. Right.
1: right. How editing time those Instagram videos. This um is. editing the episode literally Thursday morning. Uh sorry. Wednesday morning. Right. Took about seven hours. I was up from 6 a.m. till about 12 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Just focused on your, on Nina's laptop because my laptop died. The universe. The universe. Like, my laptop has worked the past three fucking years. And I'm like, I'm going to do a podcast. And my laptop was like, bitch. Slow down. Right.
0: <laughs> no, but, you're not. Um, not with me, bitch.
1: That was cool. Like, I, I'd rather be doing that than to be working at a desk job. That's just me. Um, No shade towards anyone That works at a desk job But yeah Like I had a really great week We got the first episode out It was amazing We went to the YouTube event What else Um But yeah Like I had a really good week All of that came through Um Ooh, what had me fucked up? What had me fucked up? What had me jodio? What had me jodio? Um, like, oh, oh, oh. A bitch got blocked on Twitter for 12 hours. <laughs> I was tight. I was tight. I was commenting about OG and CC on Basketball Wives who need to be kicked off, and I wanted Evelyn to jump over the table and punch these bitches again, and Twitter said that I was threatening. So, yeah, uh, that's what had me hold you. Uh, Twitter get your life together Evelyn Lozada come through let her know what's up she reposted my fucking post <laughs> you know um, but yeah Nina uh, let's turn this over to you like what's el says? tell me
0: it's like yo matter of fact I'm just, just this morning man Ooh. I like like okay so YouTube thing was amazing it was beautiful to be in a room full of people where there was like there was a commonality you guys were all there for a specific reason um well, we were all there for a specific reason, and, and celebrating someone who has come a long way, and things like that. So I left New York feeling full, like I was just I was just happy. Good, to, I was tired as hell, but I mean it was definitely worth it. Again, like Ruben said, I got to see my college roommate, who was like. Girl, I saw that you posted you was in New York. <laughs> New York, where you at, though? And I was like, I'm in midtown Manhattan. I don't really know what that means, right. but like, whatever. Because I've probably been to New York all of three ha- times. She probably
1: asked me uh, four times. And on the fourth time, I gave her a very stern, we are in midtown Manhattan, sis. And she was like, okay, was I'm like, going to use the GPS app right now. In I got him fucked up.
0: Um, yeah, so we got to meet up, and we got to catch up. And it was just like... that alone was just amazing Um, and then the event was great Uh, I don't know who I thought I was D.K. throwing, throwing back beers left and right double fisting by the end of the night
1: Y'all, she funky. was living. She was living. Don't let her, don't let her leave these parts out. She was living her best life. I was so happy for her. I'm
0: like, oh, <laughs> look at her. She's so happy.
1: She's like, yo, take a picture of me. I look good, right? I look good, right? And I'm like, mm. Yo, we,
0: okay. So we went to this thrift store. This is what this is what had me hope. yo. This is what had me all the way oh. messed up. Yo. So he's like, oh, right across the street from the hotel, baby girl, we're just gonna go pop into this little <laughs> Buffalo thrift Exchange. Store. If
1: you live in New York, you know what? Buff- oh, they have one in Boston as well. Buffalo. Exchange. Oh, we gotta
0: go though, because that's what was fire. I still want that blazer. Um, so we go, I'm like, okay, so we go into the hotel, we put bloop, we put our, our shit down. We go across the street, literally cross the street. I can throw a freaking rock from our window into this place. And we walk in or whatever, we're looking around, looking around, and like there was mad cute stuff. Like it was like very like hit, but like you're shopping for other people's clothes. Crazy. Yeah. Um, and I found this really dope jacket. Like, yo, if yeah, anybody yeah. knows me, y'all know I love the nineties. <laughs> this jacket is everything to me because it's like
1: uh, don't even go and say that you found I it. I didn't
0: find it. You found it.
1: I literally found that shit scrunched up on top of the rack. Yeah, like
0: somebody ass was like, I don't want this shit. And like toss it And I'm somewhere. like,
1: Nina, what about this? And she's like... And right. It was like the
0: heavens opened and it just flew to me. And I had to slip it on and it looked fire. <sighs> so I'm in and I'm like, ooh, I'm about to get this. Let's go. I'm thinking it's about to be like a measly $7. I looked at this shit. I'm like, why am I paying full price in a thrift store? Please come <laughs> in. <laughs> and I'm
1: like trying to convince her. I'm like, it's probably the pattern because it's a... P- Mind you, at the YouTube event, she was telling people this story, and I was literally trying to convince everyone. I'm like, it's probably the pattern, and they're like, no, it's just you went to Buffalo Exchange. They're like, oh, they pricey for vintage clothes, and I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot to say that. <laughs> <laughs> So she you, was a little tight. <laughs>
0: this jacket cost, yo, I dead could have taken them that money and went and done and did something else with it. Like it cost, it was $26.50. And I'm like, for one windbreaker, one windbreaker. And you
1: don't get a bag because at Buffalo Exchange, if you want a bag, you got to pay an extra $2. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I literally am in my outfit until I had to come back to the hotel to get ready.
1: But to be fair, the only reason why I go to Buffalo Exchange is because I do like a little bit of name brand stuff, and sometimes you can find good name brand shit for super duper cheap. So that's why I always go to Buffalo Exchange. I don't really go to other thrift stores. Let me...
0: No. This jacket looked like it came from PacSun. Okay, okay, why am I paying full price at a thrift store for something I could have got <laughs> at Sun brand new, never been worn? Actually, matter of fact, that jacket was never worn because the original tag was still on it. Oh. I guess it makes That's sense. Probably That's probably also why, why I paid the
1: condition. Full price because yeah. it was
0: brand new. But you liked it. Anyways, I love that jacket. I'm I'm over here trying to look up sneakers to go with it. Aye. And I found a pair at Nike today, but I didn't buy it because of it just broke. Anyways, <laughs> next week, though, I'm about to be at Nike. Like, what's up? What's going on? <laughs> Y'all like, like Nike? to remember
1: me? You like but my jacket?
0: So I'm going to go into Sulmita. A lot of you know who Sulma <laughs> is. That's Mom Dukes. You know what I'm saying? My when drill son. <laughs>
1: If you're listening to this, <laughs> she ain't
0: listening to this. She ain't never gonna listen to this. She will not gotta know what I be doing in my spare time. Um, so, she, okay, I need new tires on my car. So, every year for Christmas, my mother decides, oh, I'm going to pay for one of your adult expenses. My whip is one of my adult expenses. So, I was like, all right, cool. So, my car started acting up, started having some problems. I already paid for one of the issues, but I have like four other ones that I still have to tackle. Tires being one of them. I need all four brand new tires. I need new boots for the whip. New boots I have no traction in my tires right now because I just be driving around like if, you know, my car's going to last me forever. Like if
1: life doesn't matter. That <laughs> ass. I
0: love my car. So I, I sound like such a brat, but whatever. So I was like, hey, mom, can I have my Christmas present early this year? And she was like, what do you mean? And I'm like, okay, let me explain to you because for some reason now you have amnesia. Not every year you get me an adult Christmas gift. I'm asking for it early. And she was like, okay, what is it? And I was like, I need new tires. Can you pay for my new tires? And she was like, oh, well, okay. She said, okay. So I'm like, all right, bet. So I text her later on in the week, and I was like, hey, um, when can we go to get uh, new tires? Because at this point, you know, we just got back from New York. The tire lasted through New York, yeah, yeah. but it was like scary. Like we were like that ass dri- driving in silence to listen for anything that right. might be clicking and ticking. Was, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we were like, oh shit. So I'm like. I texted her, and I was like, hey, when can we get it? And she was like, "Um, I've been asking you, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, all right, well, I've, like been, I've had other plans. Granted, I should have prioritized my tires, but I'm young. I'm done. Dumb, whatever. And so I'm ready now. You know what I'm saying? So I'm asking her, and she's like, well, this is her logic. And it had me, it had me oh, my God. I'm like mad thinking about it. She texts me back and goes, well, since you owe me money from last month and you still got to pay me for mm-hmm. this month, Um, because it's the first, just take the money from that and pay for your tires. And I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. Are you giving me permission (laughs) to spend my money? I'm confused. Because if that's the case, come Christmas, I'm asking for something else because I'm going to pay for this myself. Now I'm going to be a brat about it. You want to know I'm going to be a brat about it? Because I... (laughs) Anyways, I was heated because I feel like out of all of my siblings... I work the hardest. I work like a fucking dog. You know what I'm saying? I've had three jobs at one point, and for some reason, I get treated like the ugly bald-headed stepchild. I'm confused. Ooh, Questions. Not
1: bald-headed. C-
0: bald-headed and all.
1: Oh, they don't like you. Like
0: you? No. <laughs> <laughs> they don't.
1: If you're the so, bald-headed one, <laughs> it got me
0: mad. So I'm like, you know what? Let me ch- let me check my privilege because not many people can mm-hmm, lean on their parents mm-hmm. like that, and that kind of calmed me down. Right. Like. Uh, a lot welcome of it Welcome
1: back
0: Yeah, welcome back to Earth, Janina After you had a whole freakout session Janina's my alter ego When I'm upset, I'm Janina When I'm having fun and I'm loosey-goosey, it's Nina But anyways So I'm all upset, whatever I, I let it rock I'm like, you know what, screw it I'm gonna pay for it myself Because you know what? Low-key, my, my mother is the type of person That's gonna be like um, I told you so Remember when I did this for you I don't, ah! I don't need nobody throwing anything in my face That's why I do most of the shit that I do by myself so I'm like, okay, whatever. So I get up this morning. Mind you, now it's two days later from this conversation that we already had that she never wanted to finish in person because I got home early from work and she looked at me up and down like I was the scum of this earth. So I was like, ooh, I didn't like that look. But I'm going to my room to be a child of God and I'm going to sleep because I'm tired. So 6 a.m. this morning, I'm getting up to get ready to go to the gym <laughs> and she want to have a full-blown conversation and start nagging. Now, I don't know about y'all. 6 a.m., yo, I got to take a piss. Let me floss my teeth, brush my teeth, clean my ears, wipe the freaking crust from my (laughs) eyes before you start to communicate with me because I'm not listening to you because I'm Mm -hmm. pissed that I even have to be awake to get ready for my day. And then on top of that, I don't want to go to the gym, but the way my health is set up, I want to keep my body healthy, so I got to go. You know what I'm saying? I'm a healthy person, but I want to keep it going because... They say after 25, it's all downhill from here. So I'm trying to combat that. (laughs) But anyways, so I'm, like, mm, looking at her, like, you know damn well since I was a child, I was your most difficult kid to get ready and get up to do things. That hasn't changed in my adult life. Like, I still literally cannot stand waking up to do anything. Unless I'm catching a flight somewhere, I don't want to be up that early. There's no reason for me to be up that early. But whatever. So she's talking to me. She's like, well, what about your tires? And let, let Don't get it fucked up, people. Sulma does not have a warm, soft, nurturing tone of voice. She doesn't. It's a very aggressive, very antagonizing, very accusatory tone. So it's not like a, hi, good morning, Janina, because that's how she doesn't say good morning to me. It's a, good morning, Janina. She is demanding that I acknowledge her presence. (laughs) Ma'am, I'm my eyes are still closed. I'm using my hands and the walls to get to the rooms I have to get to when I roll out of bed. <laughs> I can't done. even see you. Like what how are you that angry at like, six in the morning? Baby, are you Didn't there? you just spend the last hours praising the Lord? Oh, what's going on here? I have questions. So she's nagging me and nagging me and I'm looking at her like, Can you stop? Can you stop? Like I dead ass brush my teeth, did what I had to do, and walked out that house. And did I look back? Not one single time. Left, whatever. Then I come home early from work because I didn't feel well today, and I had a fever that was climbing. And I was like, let me see if I can get in front of this before it gets worse. So I go home early from work, and I go to sleep. I ate something, went to bed. She comes in my room, and she starts nagging. And I'm, mind you, I have un montón. Like, I'm under all my covers. My pillows are Why on do my I head. I see
1: her slamming that door? Yo,
0: she kicked that door open like she was NYPD. I'm like, yo, are you doing a drug raid? What is going on in here? And she's, Janina. Janina. Janinita. I'm oh, like, yo, no, she
1: did it, Not the bro. ninita. Not
0: that... She like made my name real small with the Ita at the end. So I'm like, all right. And I'm ignoring her because I'm like
1: uno, que quieres?
0: Put your hands up. Square up. Square all the way up. I was like, this woman really like I'm like dead asleep. And I hear her and I'm like, I could either acknowledge her presence or ignore it until it, she goes away. And that's exactly what it is. She was like, I know you're awake. But okay. Okay, Janina. I'm like, all right, bet. She's heated. She leaves. I wake up maybe like 45 minutes later. She walks back into my room because I think she heard me wake up. I don't know how. She walks in and she was like, so you just going to drive your car with a flat tire? And I was like, Mom, I'm just going to keep filling it up. I have an appointment tomorrow to go get it changed. Not that you care. But she was like, oh, why are you going to drive it like that? Where are you going? Because you drive your car too much. I'm like, you're mad because I use my car for its purpose? I'm confused. Do you pay any one of those bills? Oh. Oh, are you on my insurance? Am I on your insurance? Did you co-sign from my car? Not, none of the above. So why are you stressed? If um. I'm not stressed, why are you stressed? Why, why, why are you bringing that negativity and putting it onto me? Don't piss me off. Go somewhere else. So I'm like, mommy, I'm going back and forth. I'm like, ma, ma. Like Now once I start calling her ma, y'all know I'm heated because I always refer to her as Sulma. So when I say ma, it's not a good thing. It's like mm, Nina's upset. So whatever, we're going at it, and I'm like, all right, ma. Like, I really don't have the energy anymore. Like, I'm done. I heard what you said. I'm getting my car fixed tomorrow. It is what it is. Can you escort yourself away? <laughs>
1: Please leave the premises. Dead Thank ass. you. Vacate
0: the the vicinity. Bless like, you your need on the way out. Uh-huh. The don't door. let the doorknob hit you with a good split <laughs> you That's all I'm saying. <laughs> So that's why I had me messed up this week. Sulma is just, I can do a whole freaking episode just <laughs> on this woman. I love this woman, She, but she is my kryptonite for real.
1: Wow. That sounds like a handful. That sounds like a house that I do not want to visit at 6 o'clock in the morning. Let's just say that. No. <laughs> but, I mean, hey, okay, what can we do? Our parents. Uh, Nina is the prime example of a post-college life paying off college debt so Yo. i have to live with my mom and deal with that mm-hmm. but anyways that was el chisme for this a week that's what had us fucked up you know what i'm saying um uh, this is episode two living la vida loca and coming up next is caldero, caldero talk chichón arranca con all right, everybody. Welcome to our second Caldero Talk. We are super excited hey. about this. A hey, 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 hey. hey. <laughs> and like we said, today's episode, uh, the topic is mental health, and we called it Live in La Vida Loca. Ya tu sabes. <laughs> and we got a couple questions that we're going to discuss here. We're going to be touching on some very heavy topics. Um, we do want to say from jump, disclaimer, we are not in an any way therapists. We are not in an any way offering professional help we're just speaking from both of our perspectives and um we just wanted to share with everybody um so it might get a little bit emotional if it does pause it you know uh come back to it take
0: a snack break
1: (laughs) whatever you gotta do but uh so suicidal thoughts suicide altogether we both have a very close history with it Mm -hmm. um what are the stats ...that you uh, can let our listeners know about suicide. So, this was actually very interesting that I right. found out. Right, so well, doing found, like sorry. my
0: research and stuff like that, I found out that in 2017, men died by suicide 3.54 times more than women. Wow. And then on average, there are 129 suicides per day. Also, white males accounted for 69.67% of suicide wow. deaths in 2017... Um, and these are stats that I had found on the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention when I was doing my research because I, I, I knew about suicide, but like, I didn't know to what extent and like who's affected by it and, and what the numbers look like in yeah, that sense. Yeah. So I wanted to dive more into that before we got into this second episode.
1: Yeah. I think that was way like uh, super crazy information to find out that the stats are actually that high for right. men, even for white men, um right you wouldn't right. you wouldn't realize that but I can also see it as well so yeah man before we start anything we want to send our condolences to anybody who's had experience with suicide like I said Nina has had experience with it I've had experience with it very close to both of our hearts this is a touchy subject but we wanted to get you know down to the grunt of conversations that people that in our community really don't have you know so this is definitely one of those one of those topics that we feel like the chiefs may wouldn't be passed at the table around.
0: So, Ruben, with this topic, what are your thoughts and um, can you kind of touch upon um, what your experience with this particular subject is?
1: Um, well, my experience with suicide, uh, besides losing a family member to suicide, um, I also experienced a lot of suicide, suicidal thoughts when I was younger. And one time... I put my head in a garbage bag and I wanted to kill myself and suffocate myself because I was going through such a hard time. I can trace it as far back as to the fourth grade. Um, it wasn't serious, it wasn't severe, but it did come alongside with depression, and um, you know, suicide. You know, kind of seemed like the easy way out. Mm-hmm. But then I also was heavy on media and heavy on like watching television and MTV and like it was always, you know, preached that suicide isn't the easy way out. So for me, that's where that came from. But I mean, even up until shit, a year and a half ago, like I still do with suicidal thoughts every now and then. Um, but I, at at this point in my life, I'm just a little bit older and I'm a little bit more wiser and I do a lot of self-help and I still remind myself that I'm worthy and I'm beautiful and I'm going to go, you know, places and it it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, I've been as close as putting a garbage bag over my head to suffocate myself because I was just frustrated with my life at the time and situations that I was, that I put myself in. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh. <laughs> that got deep, but uh, <laughs> what about you?
0: Um, I, 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 can say that I'm fortunate enough to where like I don't, I don't think I've ever dealt with suicidal thoughts. Um, so I, 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 for me, you know that um, I lost my brother in 2004 to suicide. Um, at a very young age, I was about 10. So I think that is why I've always had this topic. It's so near and dear to my heart and why I take um, things like bullying so serious because there was a nine year age gap between my brother and I. So like I didn't really know what he went through in school. And, you know, after his death, my mom had let me know, you know, there were some times when he was in school and my brother was very sensitive. um, So he he did get bullied. And now me working with the youth, whenever a child comes to me and, you know, they tell me that they don't feel safe because somebody's bullying them, I take it very serious because I, I know how that can affect a child's mental and where that can lead them. And it's sad to say, but it, it can be six feet under. And, yeah. yep. as, you know, I pride myself on making sure that I act quickly when it comes to anything like that. If a parent ever comes to me and says, you know, my kid is being bullied in school, they're getting bullied here. How do we go about it? And I've I, I, I get to the root of it because I, I just can't I would never be able to forgive myself if God forbid I didn't do anything about it and I said, Oh kids are being kids and I turned a blind eye to it and you know, in ten plus years I find out that one of the kids that I had in my program had God forbid, you know, taken their own life due to certain experiences that they had in their life. So I like I said on the last episode, I'm very conscious about um, perspective and, and people's feelings and things like that. Um, So with my brother's passing, I did say at the end of episode one that it did change the trajectory of my life. And had it not happened, I don't think I would be sitting here talking to you guys about this today because I wouldn't have an experience to to speak on. Um, However, when it comes to depression, I have felt that. Um, Again, I said that that was something that I dealt with in college and I'm i'm very happy to say now that it's not something that plagues my mind as much as it used to um, because i'm in such a a a very loving and um happy place with who i am as a person and if ever i do have those sad days it's just a sad day like i'm not going to attribute it to depression um, because i feel like there's a stigma that comes with it and then it's almost like a downward spiral once you give it that title once you give it that name um so for me, I, I don't I don't suffer from depression. I don't suffer from suicidal thoughts. I'm here for anybody who needs to talk about it, let it off their chest, because, again, I've been at the receiving end of um, someone taking their life and being a very angry individual because I thought it was, like you said, Ruben, um, the easy way out. And, and I feel like there was more life to fight for than just that small period of time that you were upset about anything.
1: Yeah. You know? And I think also... You know, you said something interesting, like about kids being bullied and stuff like that. Especially in today's generation, yeah. like we deal with a lot. We, well, we hear about a lot of kids who have committed suicide because of bullying. Right. But don't uh, don't close everything else out because, like, for me, I know that bu- um, not bullying, suicidal thoughts didn't come from bullying. Suicidal thoughts came from just the life that I was living. Right. And just not being happy with my family, not being happy with my my own personal choices. It, I, d- I can't say that it had to do with my sexuality because I always felt comfortable with mm. my sexuality. I never remember feeling like, oh, you know, it's because I'm gay it, or I think I'm different. I just always felt like, hey, it is what it is, you know? But that's also because my upbringing was very just be who you are. Mm-hmm. I just think that a lot of home... sometimes. Families turned a blind eye also to their home situation. And they think that it has to do with school or stress or anything. Sometimes it's as little as just what's going on at home. Right. And we need to, That's I right. think... Especially in this Hispanic community, like we deal with a lot of strict parents and mm. parents who have old school ways and yeah, and they sure. think that you have to, you know, do this or you have to do that. And for me, that's what it was. It was the fact that, like, both my parents wanted me to live a certain type of way. Yep, yep. And so when I was coming up into being a teenager and finding my own lane, there wasn't anyone that was like, hey, we accept that you don't want to. <clears throat> finish school or we accept that you don't want to right. you know, do it the conventional way mm-hmm. let's figure out a way for you to win regardless right. um, so if, like it's it, it just I just wanted to touch on that like yeah. for whoever is listening if you have kids it's not just bullying it's not just you know sexuality there's so many different reasons you can feel suicidal point yep. blank and period the more important thing is have these conversations with your kids mm-hmm. check in with them my mother checked in with me Every school year I would say from fourth grade on, like, she would ask us like, you know, do you guys it'll always be a different topic, but she would ask us like, you know, do are you guys doing drugs? Are you guys smoking? Do you have suicidal thoughts? What are you thinking? What's going on? Why are you acting out? Da-da-da-da.
0: And and stop thinking that they're too young to understand. Ugh. If you That just
1: that honestly like just not to touch you up, but that kills me. When yeah. when someone's like, Oh, they're too young to To think about suicide. Suicide, like, there are kids in first grade, pre-K, who are committing suicide. Suicide has no age limit. Suicide Mm -hmm. is something that is just, it's there. And it's a mental health issue that needs to be tackled. Mm -hmm. And conversation helps. Although it's uncomfortable, and maybe the first few times you won't get a response, but conversation really, for me at least, like I said, not a professional, but for me at least it helped... And and having conversations and, and watching your kids' habits, watching their behavior, watching you know the house the, the way know that it's being. Know your kids, yo, yes. Know your kids. Exactly. Don't exactly. sit there and
0: preach that you know your kids if you don't, because that's a big that's a big issue within our mm-hmm. community. It's mm-hmm. it's the whole oh my kid would never or my kid will never. Well, guess what? <laughs> my mom <laughs> preached the same thing. Yeah. The yeah. same thing, and at age ten, I had to watch her bury her son. You know what I'm saying? So stop preaching that you know your kids. Take the time to understand them. If you think that they're different, take the under take the time to understand that difference. If you have indifferences, yeah, yeah. don't hold that against them. Understand that they are their own person. They that they're gonna and, go through their own things. You can you can give them a sheltered life. My brother led a sheltered life, and he still felt a certain type of way, yeah, and yeah. the outcome was Suicide. unfortunate. Yeah.
1: It it really does. It, like I said, it has a lot of. There's a lot of things that are under this umbrella, mm. um, but I think the, like we're really hitting the nail on the on the key key things that we want to share with people. Um, so yeah, let's let's go into right, question go into number one. Questions? It already got deep, so I
0: know I'm already um, it's getting <laughs> hot.
1: <laughs> it's hot. <laughs>
0: let's crack a window right quick. Whew, I got to tie my hair up. Anyways, so. Ruben, when did you spiral and realize that something was wrong and you needed help?
1: Um, I think I first time I spiraled was when I was in the fourth grade, and I wasn't dealing with bullying, but I like I had a lot of things going on at home. Um, I had a lot of uh, things that were going on between my mother and you know my stepfather at the time, and my brother had just been added to the picture a few years prior. So there was that, and also you know. Puberty was kicking in, hormones are raging. Um, I had acne, I felt very ugly, I felt like nobody really loved me. I felt like, you know, being split between two parents and having two parents put hate in your ears from each other, it's just, it does a toll on you. You know, my father would badmouth my mother, my mother would badmouth my father, and you know, on the weekends I go to my dad's, during the week I go to my mom. So I didn't know who to believe, what to believe, and it just made me always feel like I was a mistake or like I wasn't meant to be here. Yeah. Um, so for me, always suicide just felt like okay, cool, like maybe maybe I should kill myself, you know? Um, and obviously, like I never went that far, but you know, being in the fourth, fifth grade, sixth grade, I do remember one memory of me putting a knife to my stomach, a very vivid memory and um asking myself like you know like should I do this? Should I go forward and do this? And I, I really just thought about my mother and my father and my little brother and I said like if I do this this is going to this is going to really hmm. like demolish her. Mm-hmm. You know? And um I didn't. I put the knife back and you know uh that was the first time i realized like i was spiraling um even at that age i don't give a fuck what anybody says like even at that age i was practicing self-help like i was i grew up through puberty with self-help like i indulged into dance i indulged into uh taibo i used to steal my mom's taibo tapes and every day (laughs) after school do taibo i needed to be active and i knew that if i was active i was happy and i was Doing something, mm-hmm. and I would write a lot of songs and poetry and sing with my cousin Shakira. Like we would just do mad shit together. So we had, you know, I I had that. Um, uh, what was what was the second part of that question? How did I spiral? Uh, yeah, you
0: you. When did you realize you needed help?
1: Oh, I I mean, I still I still need help. Um, you know, I think it's one of those things where. You just have to be honest with yourself. Uh, I feel like I do a lot of self-help. Like I said, I've been saying, I've been preaching. And I think it's very important that I keep saying it because self-help is so, so important. Mm-hmm. If you can't be real with yourself, how the fuck is anyone else gonna be mm. real with you? Ooh, you know, you know what I'm preach? saying? Like, If you feel like you have a problem, sis, bro, you got a problem. It's cool. We're not built the same, what? we're not perfect, and it's fine, I accept myself flaws and all. Um, I mean, just like I said, just a year and a half ago, two years ago, I was depressed eating my eating now. Now as an adult, eating is the the coping mechanism for me. So I was eating my life away. There was days where I wouldn't leave my room, Mm -hmm. you know, living in New York and being depressed. um, I would go to work, come home, sleep eight to 10 hours, 12 hours, 14 hours, 16. What, Just sleep until I wouldn't leave my house unless I had to go to work. I didn't have a social life. I I took all my friends away. I, I got rid of everyone, and it was just depression, and I didn't know. I didn't know, and it was the scariest fucking thing because now looking back at it, and I'm like, damn, you really didn't know you were depressed, bro. That's crazy. Like, you really laid in bed.
0: All day. Days,
1: days, yeah. you know, and you didn't know you were depressed until now when I got out of it, and I was like, oh. Shit is what You know what I'm was. saying So yeah, I started listening yeah. to podcasts Again back to self-help Because that's what I could afford um, Was just self-help Little things like reading um, Podcasts and stuff like that That's Those are the things that helped me I forgot I'm like going now off topic help. But my mind is just full of so many things uh, Get it out
0: it What was Let the it second
1: part again? Uh, how, when What did I do for help? Yeah Oh yeah So yeah I would that's say self-help help.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You were right on it <laughs>
1: So what about you, girl? Like, put me on because I need a breather right now.
0: (laughs) So for me, with depression, I realized that a lot of it was tied towards the feelings I suppressed with my brother's death. Um, He was, like, the only, I say this all the time, he was the only man I ever really, truly um, and genuinely loved. Um, And... I had two sisters and a brother, and whenever they were picking on me, he was always there to help me out. If ever I had a bad day, um, he knew how to cheer me up. So it was at a very young age um, losing him that you know all I heard throughout. Like I replay the funeral and the wake in my head sometimes. And and this past Saturday, I, I went to his grave and I just laid there. It was beautiful outside. I I, I laid next to him um, at his gravesite and I just listened to. To music, And I listened to songs that I think he and I would have listened to had he still been alive to this day. Um, and it was there was something very calming and soothing about that. And I realized that um, when I was in college and I, I grew really depressed, it was because all I heard the entire, uh, you know, first year and some change of, you know, dealing with his passing was you got to be strong for your mom. You got to be strong for your mom. You got to be strong for your mom. Yeah. And I, I grew very, very bitter um and angry because when was it my when what when was I gonna be able to feel what I needed to feel when was I gonna grieve his death you know when was I gonna kick scream and cry about it but I couldn't because you have to be strong for mom you have to be strong for mom and that's what I told myself and, and I feel like I became very rigid and and cold and angry um, through all of my teen years and then it showed, you know, like, I, like I, I said in the last episode, like I had people that would be like, Yo, why are you so angry? And I would be like, I don't know why I'm angry because I suppressed all the feelings that I should have been allowed to feel when I was 10 years old. <laughs> dealing with the death of my brother, I had to suppress that. So it was when, it was just crazy. It was, um, I was in college and I was an emotional leader. Um, and I went to class one day and I bumped, literally bumped into my advisor. And he looked at me, and he was like, everything okay? And I was like, yeah, um, I'm good. What's up? And my professor looked at me, my professor and my advisor. He looks at me, and he goes, something's up. But when you're ready to talk about it, come talk to me about it. And I was like, mm, okay, this old man, what the hell does he know? He only has like a PhD in psychology, but he don't know <laughs> shit. He don't know me. So I went back to my room, and I remember sleeping. I skipped my classes. I slept for days. Days, and I was—I think it was my sophomore year. I want to say it was my sophomore year. What year is oh, it? No, might have been sophomore, junior year. Um, and it was—it was, it was the—I know it was the year that I turned twenty. Um, and I felt weird, and I couldn't figure out why I felt weird. Like I felt like I wasn't myself. So one day I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna go see my my advisor. And I went and I sat in his chair and looked like a shrink's office and when i sat in his like i went to his office i sat there and i was like i gotta talk And he was like i was like can you clear your schedule and he was like i've been waiting for you to come talk to me (laughs) which is crazy because like you think you don't have people that care about you but like this whole stranger was like i've been dying to tap into your head what is going on with you um so i walked in and we started talking and he i told him i was like treat me like one of your patients and he was like all right and he started asking me questions. He's like, is everything, everything's going good. And he was like, okay, well, the school year's ending. Um, so how do you feel about it? And I was like, you know, I'm cool with it. Like, you, I was like, it's kind of weird. You know, my birthday is is, is next week, and I'm going to be 20. Um, and it sucks because, like, nobody wants to party during finals week. My birthday is always on finals week, which was the worst. So we're going back and forth. We have our banter. And he goes, so what, what, how do you feel about turning 20? And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't really think about how i felt about turning 20 and he said well now you can talk about it it's now on the forefront of your mind talk about it and i was like i just think it's weird like i don't think I-. and then i said to him i don't deserve to be 20 and he stopped and he said you don't deserve to turn 20 why don't you deserve to turn 20 and i i got this this weird like all the hairs on the on my on my entire body just stood <laughs> up and i was like because i am now the age that my brother was when he took his own life and he felt that he had nothing left and it scared me because now i'm trying to put myself in his shoes and i'm trying to understand like i'm about to be 20 fam what the hell were you going through what was running through your mind at that age you know 10 years ago mm-hmm. at the time mm-hmm. that you felt that you had nobody that loved you nobody that cared about you no way out of whatever situation that you know you were in and it was scary it, it was it was scary and it was a sad thing to think about because that's not where I was in my life that wasn't that wasn't the life that I was living and another realization that I had had was me turning 20 my my brother was in my life for the same amount of time that he has now been absent from my life. And it I was upset because I cannot tell you what his laugh sounded like. I don't remember his voice. I don't it was and I felt like I was being disrespectful to his memory because I couldn't remember those things. And that's when I realized where all of my anger and sadness stemmed from because those were things I was never able to talk to my mom about. Things that I never um wanted to talk about because I didn't want to make her sad. You know, like there are some days where I, I I can wake up and I hear her. Um take your time. I can actually still hear her crying for him and um it's sad, so you know I don't want to bring it up because, again, you got to be strong for mom. And I think it's still a mentality that I have, so I um, I kind of just let it out in other ways. Um, I kind of make things now funny, um, but for me, that was definitely when I realized uh, that moment with my professor was when I realized like, oh shit, like there's a problem. You have a problem, um, and I'm so grateful and thankful that you know I feel like God puts people in your life for certain moments because there is a reason for them. Yeah. And I think that my professor was definitely the... He was supposed to be there at that time. Um,
1: to deliver... Even to deliver that message to you. To right. help you realize that, you know?
0: So, I mean... That was definitely when I realized that, yo, I need to start talking more. I need to start talking to people about it. I need to start, you know, letting it out because I held on to it for so long that it was, it was time that I had to get it off my chest. And I left his office... Feeling like a million, a million bucks. bucks. You yeah. know, I'm yeah. telling y'all, there is so much power in just talking to someone who is unbiased, doesn't know your history, doesn't know where you come from, has no attachment to anything that you're about to say to them. There is something so powerful about that. I mean, you could talk to people that you love to your blue in the face, but there's always going to be that sense of bias. Yeah. So if you can I say this shit all the time, look at your insurance. See if they can send you to a shrink if you need it. <laughs> I got it for free because I was I was a psych major. I was in the psych department, but I preach that shit. And there's also the,
1: time. the whole aspect of someone who doesn't know you, and you're not taking their judgment so hard, right? You know, you're taking it like exactly. You know, and it's in a, a, a professional space. Wow, uh, that story still gets me pretty pretty emotional. Thank you for sharing that, though.
0: No problem. Anyways, so moving on. Um... How we not bring tissues for this, this episode? Right, we didn't
1: bring no so, tissues, y'all. Anyways,
0: um, <laughs> I know you touched upon this a little bit. Like, did you, like, you said that you thought about the impact it would have on your family, you know, had you taken your own life. Um, can you touch more upon that?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I definitely thought about my family. Um, even though I was going, they they weren't the reason, but even though the the, the the dynamic that we had at home was a lot of the reason why I felt the way that I felt, um, I just, I really thought about my mom. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was it. That's all I needed to think about. Um, you know, you're young. You don't really know what you're doing. And, you know, touching on your, you know, your brother's passing. Um, seeing how my mother responded to that at mm-hmm. the funeral. Um, just seeing her cry seeing how hurt she was. And, you know, we went home and we spoke about it. And she was just, like, hurt. And, you know, she just was like she really couldn't believe it and I think her seeing first of all me seeing her that emotional uh was one a wake-up call Mm -hmm. to just hearing her and having that conversation with her and having that that uh you know moment with her also was like not it was just weird because we never had like we spoke about other things but we never really spoke about suicide and so uh, that situation happened but i mean i don't i don't know why i can't like get my thoughts straight but it's hard um yeah i thought about her i thought about uh how how they would feel i thought about i actually uh envisioned the family as adults um without me around mm. and it hurt It hurt me more knowing that, one, I did it for selfish reasons, for my own selfish reasons. Two, it was like they forgot me. So it was worse than than Mm -hmm. being around and being for, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was just, like, envisioning myself and seeing my brother and, you know, obviously he doesn't have kids, but, if you know, seeing him with kids and seeing my mom and stuff, and I just felt like, Wow! Like I can't. It's not time for me right now. It's cool. It's cool. You're gonna. You're gonna be okay with this. Um, you know. And every time I have suicidal thoughts, every time I've attempted or even you know whatever, I've always pictured that. I've always thought about that. You know. And for me, that that for me that was enough. Mm. So, yeah. What about you?
0: Um. I'm. I'm on the. I want to say the survivor. I'm um, a survivor of a suicide victim. Mm. Um, I don't know how to. I don't know how to phrase that. But um, again, I, I haven't. I didn't suffer from suicidal thoughts. Just very, very, very sad human for a many, many years. But I, I remember there was one instance, and um, I, I think I may have argued with with my mom or something. I don't know. She. she my mom's my trigger. So. Um, and I left the house and I was pissed and I, I found myself walking. Um, and I walked all the way to the cemetery and I walked all the way, I think I was 18, 19 at the time. And I walked to my brother's grave and I stood there. And when I tell you I cussed this man out, yo, I cussed him all of the way out. And I, it was just like just anger because for so many years I was like you you know you're selfish you weren't thinking about us when you did it you did it all for yourself I hate you you, you know you disgust me you, you caused all this pain you caused all my problems you didn't care about us and like that you know that moment that I did have with my professor when I turned 20 I realized and I, I went I walked uh, over to the river and I sat by the river Um, At school and I just I cried and I cried and I I got to my knees and I said I'm sorry I'm so sorry I never I never noticed I never you know I wasn't there for you when you needed I'm, I'm sorry that you felt like you didn't have anyone I'm sorry that I couldn't be that someone for you and I'm sorry for hating you for so long because I was being selfish and not trying to understand where you were coming from but to try and make the pain go away for me, but I didn't think about the pain that you Mm -hmm. were going through. And, um, I just, it was that, like, it's just crazy to me to think that, you know, I used to think that, you know, he was a coward, um, for running from his problems. When growing up, I can always remember him preaching to me, um, to always face your demons, and I remember, <laughs> I remember one time I was sitting at the computer and I did track. I dumbass, stupid <laughs> decision I ever made in my life. I only ran track because my brother was really good at track, and I like he he, was. I idolized him. That and was the
1: picture that was in the yeah, paper, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I
0: idolized him, so I was like, I gotta run track because my brother runs track, even though <laughs> I'm slow as shit and I'm much better with a basketball and a softball than anything else. And um. I got my mom had told him that like I tripped over the hurdles at my first meet. So embarrassing. And he came into the room and started laughing at me. And I got mad. I went to walk away. And He grabbed me and he started singing uh, Aaliyah's If at First You Don't Succeed, Dust Yourself Off and Try Again. So he started singing that to me. So like he made a really shitty moment it's like a really fun one and like I'll never forget like when I got when I was mad at him the most he just like grabbed me to hug me and started singing that song to me. Um and I still sometimes sing the song to myself whenever I feel defeated just because it makes me smile and um I was finally able to come to terms with it never had anything to do with us. It was a decision that he made as a human being, as an individual um, for himself yeah as sad as that may be it is what yeah, it is yeah, yeah. fuck what it was um, hmm. but yeah so how did you get out of that mental state and move forward
1: hmm. <laughs> I, <giggle>? hmm. <laughs> I I don't I don't think I'll ever be able to get out of that state I think times are going to get harder Mm. and you know that's always going to be a thought in the back of my mind but and i want to say this very clearly before anybody hits me up and they're like yo (laughs) you good my g first of all don't ever hit me up like that because i don't like that no but um i just know better not not judging I just know that for me, at my age, where I'm at, everything I've been through, I've always felt like a warrior. Mm. I've always felt like a soldier. Mm -hmm. And I just, I can't, especially this far along, I can't do that to anyone, you know, that I've been around. Anyone. Because I know that I serve, those who are close to me, I serve purpose in their life. And that doesn't, it's not like what wakes me up and keeps me going, <laughs> but you know, it's just, if I, and, and like I said, like a year and a half ago, two years ago, like I, I was dealing with with depression and suicidal thoughts and, and that's what, what rang in my head. Like it, it, it was like a voice in my head that was like, no, mm-hmm. you're better than that. You're right, better right, than right. this. You're, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you're not happy. Maybe you're, but this, doing what you're thinking about doing, is not going to do anything for you. And, yeah, like, yo, again, rewind back to self-help. Like, self-help is hell of a drug. I read. Yeah. I read. When I feel at my lowest is when I'm carrying a, you know, is when I'll start carrying a book with me. When I just feel like the thoughts are getting a little bit too overwhelming. Even a little louder. I'm like, okay, it's time to reinforce a book or time to reinforce, like, it, I just started podcast a year ago, um, listening to podcasts, listening to se- anything self-help where I can just really just have a moment to myself and just hear someone say, like, hey, yo, it's cool. You're good. You're good. You're going to be good. You're going to be a winner. You're going to be successful. You're going to be everything, you know, because you have so many people who are, like, bringing you down all the time. Mm. Especially, like, me, like, with my old friends and stuff like that. Like, they just brought me down to the shitter every fucking time. Mm. Thinking that being real, quote, unquote, is being the best. But to be real is to be honest, and I get that. But to be real is to have facts behind your realness. You know, you cannot just come out the cut and be like, oh, you're never going to make it because you're not living this lifestyle. Because my lifestyle can't be lived like that. Mm -hmm. I am not that person. Right my lifestyle is great with what I have and I need to make the best with what I have and I think for so long a lot of suicidal thoughts and depression came from being surrounded around people who put that negativity on me Mm. like you're never perfect example you're never going to be a dancer because you're not dancing every day and taking classes and that made me run away from dance because it's like okay I'm not dancing every day and taking classes but I can't afford that You know, but people would put that pressure on me. Like, if you want to be famous, if you want to be a dancer, this is what you need to do, da 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 da. And that made me go into depression. And that made me have suicidal thoughts Mm -hmm. and stuff like that because I knew that I couldn't afford it. And the number one dream that I always had, I told myself I'm never going to be able to do it because I can't do it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just do a lot of self-help, a lot of reading, and... (laughs) yeah that's pretty much it
0: I feel that I feel that Um, I think for me uh, it was it was that wake up call when I turned 20 and it was understanding that um, it was something greater than, than myself and diving into you know fitness and like eating healthier and I strongly believe that food is medicine um And looking at myself differently like I felt y'all motherfuckers gonna make me get real real (laughs) I I just felt very unwanted understand people in the first episode I said that my father wasn't in my life and in this episode right now I'm talking about how my brother took his own life two men that are biologically supposed to love me voluntarily left my life. So there was that sense of not feeling wanted and and you know not feeling loved. Loved, I guess, but in the same breath having all the love that I needed to make it this far. So it was conflicting in like that in that sense um and when I finally was able to look at myself and just... I, I say this all the time. I tell myself every day I'm the shit. Whether that day I feel it or I don't, I make sure I tell myself every day I, I look for something to, to tell myself. Um, whether it's like, ooh, bitch, your hair is popping today. Or, damn, girl, you really did that mascara at some point. Oh, yeah, outfit real cute. You know what I'm saying? You rocking them Converse. It, it's, it's She
1: really does, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Now that you're saying it, I'm like,
0: I really do this. that. I really do like compliment <laughs> myself as much as possible because once I do it, someone can't tell me otherwise yeah, because I yeah. already told myself.
1: You've already locked it in, yeah, yeah. It's
0: already yeah. locked into my head, so you can't sit there and bash me because. Baby, I already told you what it was I already told me, myself, and I what it was And I say it all the time I got three motherfuckers on my on my side Always, me, myself, and I So if we feeling good about me That's all that matters So y'all can kiki somewhere else
1: Oh, baby, how you feeling? <laughs> feeling good as hell I can
0: <laughs> stand you Yo, wow, this conversation got real deep, real quick uh... Deep
1: like empty pockets, nigga see i was re- <laughs> yo i mean it did get deep but i think you know vulnerability is a beautiful thing mm. and i think us speaking and we're not even done but i just think so far like just like i'm pretty sure you didn't know i had suicidal thoughts you didn't know any of that
0: i didn't know the attempts were <laughs> existing, <laughs> but um but you did t- tell me that you had it
1: thoughts. is it is what it is and these are these are the type of conversations that you can have, you know, with your family and stuff. So,
0: right again, like who would have thought we would be sitting here right. talking like, about this? Like, what? And you don't
1: got to be so serious. Like, you can break into some laughter every right. now. Right,
0: like you know, people <laughs> think like, oh, we about to be in here suit and tie. Are there know,
1: any, are there any more questions ready to
0: go? Um, no. Oh, to can be I be
1: touch good. on something? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, you had said uh, that everybody would, you know, at when you, when this all happens. Everybody was telling you you have to be strong for your mother. Stop. (laughs) People, stop. Listen to your kids. Talk to them. Do not tell them how they should feel. Do not tell them what they need to be... like. Nobody asked you how'd you feel. No. Nobody asked you... Or said to you, you know, it was like every time you cried, I bet you somebody was in your face like you need to be strong for your mother, which in, in part is true. But at the same time, it's not your child's responsibility to ever be strong for you. Mm. It is your responsibility to be strong for your child. Right. No matter what the instance, no matter what the situation. So to sit there and tell a child like that just makes them think something that makes them build up so much. Like you said, for so many years, you you dealt with so much anger. And, you know, because you had to hold everything in because you were in, you know, you were it was implanted in your mind that you needed to be strong, that you needed to, you know. So when you tell a child they need to be strong, they're thinking like the TV show, I can take anything on. Mm -hmm. And you shouldn't feel like that. Vulnerability is a beautiful thing. And that's being vulnerable to celebrate. Sit with kids. I I sit and
0: and have like we like we touched upon, like, you know, having those conversations with your kids and stop thinking that. At 10 years old you should I should have someone should have sat down with me and talked to me mm-hmm. and let me let me let, you
1: express bend, your let me emotions. express how I
0: felt because
1: cuz you, you're human one and you, week yeah, I'm playing yeah. football
0: in the park with my brother and then the next week he's being buried like that's that's not something that I should have ever had to have bottled up and and, yeah. and put away yeah. because and ruben and i the beauty of this topic right now is that we're coming at at this topic from two different perspectives yeah, i'm yeah. coming at it as someone who is survived I, my brother is survived by me because i'm able to you know speak about him and 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 you know what he did bring to this world and the lives that he touched and you know ruben speaking from his experience of you know dealing with those suicidal thoughts and and making attempts and you know what he thought in in that process, and I, I I don't I didn't think about taking my own life, but I had to deal with suppressing all the emotions I had for someone who did, and yeah. it, yeah. like I said, it changed the trajectory of my life because I now operated in a different kind of way, and it, it, it puts makes you me in, laugh. A
1: sta- in a different state of mind at such a young it age. It makes me
0: it makes me laugh because like. My mom sometimes makes comments where she's like well, it's it's crazy to me because when you were younger you were so happy go lucky and and you know my sister was the one Jerica was the one that was more you know reserved and like didn't want anything to do with people but I was like the social butterfly and I don't think my mom ever put two and two together of what shifted and what changed cuz she was right when when my brother was alive what the hell did I have to worry about what in the hell was I Pressed about nothing because I had my family I had sports I had school I had all this love like what was there to be for me to be pressed about and this is why I tell people don't think that you know your kids if you don't because my mom couldn't even tell or pinpoint what the shift was from me being this happy-go-lucky little girl to this very angry... She attributed to it me becoming a teenager. That was not what it was at all. I was screaming for help without actually having said anything at all. And now it's that as an adult, I'm I'm unpacking all that baggage. And I'm not angry anymore. I'm not bitter or anything. But I just... If I could go back and talk to little Nina and let her know that she's gonna come out on top of this, I wish that someone could have done that.
1: Oh, that's that's good right there at the end. I think if if I can go back and talk to little Rue,
0: little Rue that sounds little so Roo. cute. <laughs> sounds like so a screen cute. name.
1: I would say um, first of all, everything that you're going on that's going on with you right now doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Focus on what does matter.
0: Yes.
1: Focus on what you want. Mhm. Because all that time being upset about nothing over family, I mean, you know, we didn't we didn't grow up the best, but we didn't grow up the worst. You know, my mom was very breach. She did a lot for us and and I give that woman so much credit because she really did a lot. Like I never shit on it. Um, but you know, I was human. And I had, and I've had this conversation with my mom. Like I was human, I had feelings, I had emotion. I was raised to be very, uh, very mature at a young age.
0: Mm-hmm. I had to
1: do a lot, um, so yeah. Like I, I express, I experienced emotion a lot quicker than a lot of my peers, mm-hmm. and uh, so it, it really had a toll on me. But um,
0: yeah, it was definitely uh, one of those. It's one of those things that you never fully. Can grasp or understand um, and, I, and I, I've told the story of uh, um, when my brother passed to so, so many people because I feel like a lot of people are like mm, Nina's Nina moves different what is it about her and it's like when I sit down and I have that conversation and I paint them the image of the day and the time and everything that was going on people will literally sit there and be like holy shit I feel like I was there like you remember everything And it was it was like a movie it's ingrained in my head Forever, and I'll never forget it. Um, and it's just something that I feel passionate about because I want more people to be able to talk about it. I want uh, families to understand that just because it makes you uncomfortable doesn't mean to, you yeah. have to shy away from it. And one of my favorite one of my favorite quotes is um, when it feels scary to jump, that's when you jump. Yeah, you Ooh. know, like don't second guess it. Once you feel scared Ooh. to jump, jump, because once you feel afraid to have that conversation, have that conversation. Because that's literally the difference between life and death. Yeah. If you really want to boil, like have it boiled down to something, it's the difference between life and death. Stop, stop putting this added pressure on your kids to stop just putting
1: this pressure and stop judging them. Judging them on their answers,
0: right? You can't, because like,
1: you I, can't. Yo,
0: I tell Sumo all the time, she'll ask you. You can't me a have question. an
1: automatic, like, if your kid came to you and said, Okay, I am having suicidal thoughts, your answer shouldn't be stop thinking. Like
0: no, that. no, 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 no. Your answer can't be why you have or, a home or why you have a yeah. roof over your head, you have food on the table, yeah. you have clothes on your back. Don't stop that. Don't does, put, th- that's what, material. Don't things. put in your
1: child's mind. Don't make them feel like they need to be grateful for the basic necessities that you were supposed to supposed to and did you provide for your child. You You were the one that brought this child into the world. It is not their job to feel grateful for the things that they have. Until they get older and realize the struggles that you have gone through. Mm. But as their children, it is not your job to put pressure on them to to gratify you, to love you, to appreciate you. For everything that you're doing, it is your job as a parent, point blank and period. There is no in between.
0: Stop. Don't making, put that pressure it, it on kids. It is. It amazes me how you know within our within our community, um, the the Hispanic community, that we're okay with you know having our daughters cook and clean and babysit and and our sons doing yard work and this and that. So. It's I think I have to go back to the drawing board and deconstruct that because it's crazy to me how we're okay with letting kids do adult things because ja they're old enough for it, but we aren't ready to have adult conversations with Mm. them.
1: Um but yeah, man, fuck that. Don't put all this pressure on your kids and and talk to your kids. Like even though I teach this entire episode. Even though I teach Dance. I still have conversations with with all the little girls that I teach. And I I talk about, like, even the teen girls, especially the teen girls, I try Mm. to talk to them and and tell them, like, you know what, like, it's okay. I know your parents are probably putting a lot of pressure on you. I know you're going through this. I know you're going through that. But if you ever need someone to talk to, I am here. I am your choreographer. We are in a professional setting. We can have these types of conversations. I will not judge you. I will have to report it because it is my job. But at the end of the day, you have a a whole staff here at this youth center that we're here for you. We got you. We got you, sis. We got you, bro. Yeah. Um, and I think that's also very important for both of us working with kids is that they know that we're there for them, mm-hmm. and I take that very serious. Like, I don't I don't play around with that. So, yeah, man. Like, parents, listen. I know you're stuck in your old ways, mi gente, but. Try to do better Listen to this episode And take it away From two kids Like Nina said She's on the opposite Side of the spectrum I'm on this side Of the spectrum Like just listen to us
0: so all of that being said, mi gente, we as Sofrito Speaks will continue to, leave, <laughs> to leave that open dialogue to have. Again, hit us on our DMs if you feel like there's something you want us to talk about A- when A- it comes A- to A- the A- topic of mental health. Again, today we only spoke about and targeted suicide. There are so many other things so many. about mental health that we, we are still learning about, things like that. But again... If you feel like there is a specific topic you want us to talk about, yo, hit us in the DMs. You know, we're very responsive, very quick to respond as well. Um, and uh, yeah, we're just going to keep this conversation going at yeah, a later date. We'll come date. back. We'll, we'll, we'll circle touch this back. again.
1: We'll touch this again. For sure. But uh, yeah, now let's move over. After all that juiciness, let's move over to the next section. I didn't
0: Oh, my.
1: Oh, my. Yes, yes, yes. It's the part of the show where we start to wind down and we're going to be saying goodbye to you guys in a couple minutes, which is sad. But we will be back again next Thursday with episode three. But yes. we got a couple yes. shout outs. You know what I'm saying? We got a couple shout outs to some people who were showing us a fucking love. Yes, yes. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here I will for start it. off my list. Here we go. At Villa Full of Soul. Thank you. At The New York Dose. At G.NET underscore. At I am Kivana. At Your Girl, Omida underscore. At Gr. At Jerrica. Oh, I can shout out Jerrica too. <laughs> at Jerica underscore s my mama part at pardon this bitch thank you guys so much for showing us love on instagram uh y'all all reposted us um multiple times thank you so much i'm so appreciative of that um stephanie garcia favorited episode number one on the anchor app thank you so much crystal you liked it thank you so much and that's my shout-outs. Nina, over to you.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So I have a couple shout-outs for at Fly My Kai, Kai Rodriguez. And I got Kayla's Corner and at Ayo Isha. My childhood friend, Taisha, appreciate you. All the way from
1: Florida, by the way. Yes.
0: Yes. And shout out to the people who answered the question that we had put on our Instagram story. We had asked you guys, our listeners, what does Sofrito mean to you? So, at ChrisCologne08 had answered and said, flavor and home. And at Chantel underscore Almanzar had said, culture, flavor, the heart of it all.
1: Period. Period. Yes, yes, yes. So, thank
0: you guys for answering that question. We... Greatly appreciate it.
1: Yes. Also, always. Make sure to check into the Sofrito Speaks Instagram page and follow our story. We will be posting other stuff like that, other opportunities for other people to show love, to answer questions. We want to connect with you. We wanna, you know, we also have the hashtag Local Series going on in our highlights. If you have any events in the local area of Lawrence, Lowell, Methuen, Andover, the whole Merrimack Valley, let us know. We will repost it on our story so we can get all as many people as we can to your event and you know what I'm saying that's what it's all about networking Um, so those were our shout outs that was super fun our first shout out
0: yes thank you to everybody and it's not each
1: other (laughs) but um, now we're going to go into our affirmations our affirmations for the upcoming week I'm not gonna lie to you guys This past week I did not go to the gym Not one fucking time I tried multiple times (laughs) And I just told Nina Like I It's not in me Like it's not happening It's not going But We're gonna shoot for The second week Of trying to go to the gym That's my affirmation again Y'all pull up in my DMs And let me motherfucking know (laughs) Like go to the gym It's not that far You can do it (laughs) What about you, Miss Nina? Let us know your affirmations for this upcoming week, baby girl.
0: Word, word. So, my affirmation for this week is like I said earlier in the episode, checking your privilege. Because I feel like a lot of times we can get really upset with other people and want to blame others for how you feel in all actuality, you have control over your own emotions. So just don't let people get the best of you. So being able to have that conversation with yourself and checking your privilege is definitely something that I feel we should all practice. So going into this week, why don't we practice that? Checking your privilege before you get too mad and beside yourself and a mofo gets you messed up (laughs) and out of your character.
1: Exactly, exactly. Well, on those notes, we gave you guys some shout outs. We gave you guys some cheese, mate. We gave you guys an amazing Caldero Talk. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode two, Living La Vida Loca. Okay. (laughs) We're going to check out now. We will see you guys in one week. Make sure you keep following the Instagram, repost, show love. Thank you guys so much. This is Rue, and I'm signing out.
0: This is Nina Montañez. And have a blessed week, mi gente. Okay. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Sofrito Speaks.
1: Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Sofrito Speaks to keep up with all of our latest content.